Good morning. It's 2.25 a.m. on November the 10th. Yes. Been a week since we voted. And it took almost that long just to figure out who won. <laughs> and they're still having to sort a bunch of stuff out. Oh, well. The Dorothy Dandridge Black Mini Docs is a video without any sound. And the, the story, the narrative is rolling by real fast. So we won't have her on our episode tonight. But we'll have something. I'm sure we'll have something else from Black Black History Mini Docs soon. It will scroll up. Uh, funny post this lady post don't you hate it when you clean out your freezer and find people you don't even recognize <laughs> marry a guy who says things like I'm proud of you I can't believe you're mine you're right, I was wrong. You can do it, baby. I'll go get you tacos. No, seven tacos isn't a lot. So, oh, bye, bye, bye. My son asked me, quote, where does poo come from? I was a little uncomfortable, but gave him an honest explanation. He looked a little perplexed and stared at me in stunned silence for a few seconds and asked, and tiger, I don't get that joke at all. <laughs> oh. The emotional toll of racism written by Inside 
highered.com. How long is this article? Oh boy. It's more like a book. Oh. 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 No. No, no. Oh my. What is this? Oh. The Notre Dame students scolded for football parties. Economics index to few women leaders. ACT interim CEO named permanent CEO. Academic minute story-based learning. Survey on American attitudes. On the humanity, Wilfred plans layoffs of tenured and visiting faculty. Oh, that's something else. They start laying off faculty. Oh, my.
menopause makes you crazy and just when you think you've reached the bottom of craziness you find there's a crazy underground garage and she's she's all in a straight jacket all tied up (laughs) oh my goodness where did this woman get these funny jokes from oh my goodness what's the most important thing you've done this year and they answer survive Oh, boy. She's got some funny posts. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs, Luke 12 and 3. Hmm. I guess it's Time to stop judging people. This Congress guys, congressman says progressive policies were winners all across the country from California to Arizona. The American people agree with our economic message. He's a progressive 
them uh, uh, progressives. They won marijuana legalization, $15 minimum wage, paid family and medical leave, higher taxes on the wealthy. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's a car parked with trees grow <laughs> growing out of it. I mean giant trees growing everywhere out of this tree and out of this car is two, three, four, five, six most of them are real large trees. And it says, legend says that a guy parked his car there to wait for his, <laughs> to wait for his girl to get dressed to go out. <laughs> yeah, we do take a long time, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, Two little kids, toddlers. One says, are you related to anyone famous? And the other one, I don't want to brag, but I heard Dad calling God his father. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, oh. Remember that one girl from high school that said she'd only go out with you if the world was ending? If the world was ending, well, this may be the year to give her a call. Yeah, she might regret saying it if she did say it. Oh, Veterans Day is coming up. Black education. Black men in 
higher education. Let's see how long is this post. They have to really long one. Quote, my experience of higher education was difficult. Said August, who enrolled at the University of Miami in his late 30s. Quote, it just felt like it was so much effort and work, and I was so anxious because I was afraid that I was going to fall behind and things of that nature, and that's how I did college before I did this program. Close quote. The program August is referring to as the Warrior Scholar Project. WSP, a DC-based nonprofit that helps active duty and veteran students pursue or transition into higher education. Every summer, the organization runs one to two-week boot camps for these students hosted at a number of U.S. colleges and universities, wherein it teaches them various skills such as academic reading, writing, and studying, and helps accustom them to the typical college environment. On the web at diverseeducation.com, D-I-V-E-R-S-E DiverseEducation.com A program that helps veterans transition into college. And happy Veterans Day to every veteran. And thank you for your service and sacrifice. What's it's forty six degrees? Wow, yeah, Tuesday, November tenth, at two forty four a.m. Oh, Washington Post is reporting 
Arkansas police chief resigns after demanding death for Democrats. Okay. Guess that's a good time to <laughs> good time to go. Yeah. It's a good time to step off. This is good. The Hill is reporting. TheHill.com Biden unveils COVID-19 task force. Oh, they were talking about that in the news. He, he uh, announced the leaders written by Eris Foley President-elect Joe Biden on Monday named a number of health experts who will serve on his coronavirus task force. The experts include Rick Bright, the former director of the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, who said he was forced out his position earlier this year after opposing promoting unproven treatments. Oh, yeah. Bioethicists and oncologist Zeke Emanuel, who served as former advisor to the Obama administration on the Affordable Care Act and is a brother of former White House Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel and Atul Gawande, a surgeon who served as advisor to the Clinton and Obama administrations, will also serve on the panel. I'm sure Joe Biden knows quite a few experts.
transition veterans aim to give President-elect Biden a quick start to governing NBC News. The transition team has identified 4,300 prospective appointees for the 4,000 federal jobs it must ultimately fill. That's good. (laughs) Oh, that's better. (laughs) That's a big improvement. We should really have a good government now. The news reported that the uh, current administration had vacancies had hundreds and hundreds, if not more, vacancies that just were left open. (laughs) Nobody really wanted to work in that administration. And they're reporting now that the people that are there now are packing up and leaving. Or they're being fired. The head of the um, defense department, he was fired right away. Doesn't mean he won't get rehired, but he was fired basically for having enough backbone to defend himself as uh, the only tricky part in this world. If you you can defend yourself, there's going to always be somebody ready to to rumble, somebody is always going to have a chip on their shoulder and they're not going to, they're not going to give you any peace until they, uh, until they can just frustrate you and aggravate you. Unfortunately, that's the way life is. This article is written by Mike Memoli, M-E-M-O-L-I, NBCnews.com, Wilmington, Delaware, as the scope of challenges facing facing the next president grow grew throughout the summer and fall. Joe Biden's transition transition team spent months months working to ensure he'd have a team in place ready to help implement excuse me implement his agenda implement his agenda on day one now a small group 
of the president-elect's most trusted advisors is set to begin excruciating uh, cor correction, begin executing a game plan that includes quickly filling top West Wing jobs and key health-related posts throughout the government and ultimately building a diverse and qualified field of candidates to take the reins of government in 10 weeks. Having studied what worked and what didn't in past transitions and using its own experience in the executive branch, Biden's team has preemptively cleared scores of individuals who will soon fan out to take stock of a federal workforce in some cases depleted under the <laughs> under the Trump administration. <coughs> the team has also already identified four thousand <coughs> three hundred prospective appointees for the four thousand federal jobs. It must ultimately fill. <laughs> Putting a premium on those with responsibility for tackling the COVID nineteen pandemic, and others that don't require Senate confirmation. Overseeing the operation is Ted Kaufman, Biden's longtime Senate chief of staff, who, as a senator himself, wrote the legislation that established the modern framework for presidential transitions. Working with him to lead a team that grew to 100 by election day are Johannes Abraham, an eight-year Obama administration veteran and Jeffrey Z-I-E-N-T-S Zients, a former acting director of the Office of Management and Budget and director of the National Economic Council. Despite their experience, officials acknowledge the difficulty of the task before them because of COVID-19, the economy and succeeding Trump. 
but Kaufman, who has been part of four transitions, said they were confident they'd meet the task. Quote, the quality of people that want to come to work for Joe Biden is extraordinary, Kaufman told NBC News. It's not just that people know him, but they know the people who will work for him. The good attracts the good. That's so true. <coughs> Biden took his first steps Monday with the announcement of a COVID-19 task force led by former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, V-I-V-E-K-M-U-R-T-H-Y. Vivek Murthy, former FDA Commissioner. David Kessler and Yale University Professor Dr. Marcella Nunez-Smith after the transition website launched Sunday, it received 3 million views within just 15 hours, the most visited page, Biden's plan for COVID-19. Meanwhile, transition staff, which itself will swell to an expected 350 by Inauguration Day, will begin reaching out to dozens of individuals already identified as potential, potential hires to begin taking the first steps to ready the new administration's Debriefing, <coughs> debriefing with officials throughout the government to assess their operations and staffing levels. In identifying what needs to be done to put Biden's team in position for quick action. Hmm. Quote, we've got highly qualified, vetted people that we haven't reached out to. They don't know they're on the list, but that we can potentially deploy Close quote, a senior transition official told NBC News. While Biden has not yet been designated as president-elect by the General Services Administration, the agency that 
under law facilitates the handoff from one administration to the next. The Trump administration has already authorized the GSA to give guidance to each agency about how to interact with the incoming Biden team according to a source familiar with the planning. Next up, tackling an exhaustive list of necessary appointments that the team has already triaged. Officials say rather than a, quote, waterfall approach, end quote, that starts with the cabinet level and works down, the team will instead work to ensure that agencies are fully staffed by the time the Senate confirmed leadership arrives. Yes, I remember the the uh, reverse happened in the current administration. Quote, we've gone agency by agency and analyzed from the ground up what appointments and nominations are most important for his future agenda, Abraham said. Asked what percentage of the 4,000 federal postings have already been filled, <clears throat> Abraham said, zero. But, quote, we've tried to put in place a framework to facilitate decisions by the president-elect and vice president-elect and their senior teams. End quote, he says. Officials pointed to the Obama 2008 to 09 transition as a model for the timeline of when the most high-profile cabinet announcements might come, noting that the first nominees were named in early December. For now, the focus will be on both West Wing jobs as well as the roughly 2,800 administration posts that don't require Senate confirmation. Transition officials say they've had regular contact with the Biden campaign to ensure the government in waiting reflects his priorities without burdening the president-elect 
themselves their number one rule to this point. Quote, do not interfere with the campaign. End quote. But Kaufman, quote, has thought more deeply about transitions than just about anyone on earth. He knows the vice president intimately, Abraham said. Quote, he had a really clear vision about how this transition should look that ended up being central to our work, close quote, after a campaign in which Biden carefully navigated his relationship with his party's left flank. Officials say Abraham has taken a lead in outreach to progressives who have made clear they expect to be represented in the administration. <coughs> the team built a massive database of potential appointees and worked to ensure that it reflects the diversity Biden has repeatedly said would be reflected in his administration. Quote, a lot of the positions that we are most focused on are nothing's apolitical, but are relatively apolitical. Oh, nothing is apolitical, but are relatively apolitical because they are about execution and expertise. A transition official said, quote, we care deeply about who the FEMA administrator is. It's not a job that gets a whole lot of play in the back and forth parlor games. But there's hundreds of positions like that that sort of exist outside of the left-right spectrum that are really important to delivering on day one. End quote. Officials say they are also working to ensure a balance of federal government veterans with fresh perspectives, especially from state and local government. Quote, there's a lot of interesting, a lot of very interesting thinking on governing that has gone on over the past half dozen years at the city and state level that we were really committed to making sure gets integrated into this government in quote, the official said. The pandemic has not only shaped how Biden's team 
is preparing for January 20th, but also affected how it has operated under law, the GSA, General Services Administration, provided Biden's team with a 10,000 square foot office in the Department of Commerce. Once the GSA ascertains Biden as president-elect, it would make available even larger space, 175,000 square feet. Room for up to a thousand staff pre pandemic. But up until now, the transition has been operating almost exclusively virtually with regular virtual meetings to keep the team hitting its marks. Abraham and Science only met in person for the first time about a month ago in Washington to sign paperwork required of the Biden transition. David Marchick, director of the Partnership for Public Services Center for Presidential Transitions that has worked with incoming and outgoing administrations for decades, including in this transition, said Biden's transition has, quote, not only followed best practices, they have developed new best practices which will be studied by many future transition teams, end quote. Quote, the Biden transition team is the best organized, the most well-resourced, and the most laser-focused transition team ever. Commensurate with the challenges that Biden will face on January 20th. Close quote, he said. But a key challenge will be navigating a potentially Republican-led Senate, which could block or significantly slow Biden's ability to install high-level officials. Quote, the speed of getting people in their seats is absolutely paramount for the effectiveness of an administration and hopefully the Senate will move quickly on confirmation, end quote, Marchick said. Even as the Biden team awaits the GSA to formally designate the former vice president as president-elect, officials say the level 
of cooperation with career officials in the Trump administration has been good and that Trump's team has met all of its requirements under law to help facilitate the transition thus far. Quote, they've done a great job under the law, the career people, of reaching across and doing the things that they have to do. Kaufman said, the career people really care about the government. They better. It only makes their job harder if they don't. That's what we saw the last four years. When somebody takes the the bad attitudes and hates the country, hates the government, hates the people, hates everybody, then they're in the wrong place. Georgia senators call on top election officials to resign. He says, quote, not going to happen, end quote. ABC News reporting. by Quinn Scanlon, November 9th at 12.19 a.m. And they provide a video of the latest news out of the 2020 election, presidential election. Vice President-elect Harris, and we're ready to get to work addressing the needs of the American people. Today, that work begins. It starts with doing everything possible to get the COVID-19 under control. President-elect Biden is hitting the ground running, set to announce his COVID task force today as cases here in the U.S. surge. Mary Bruce is in Washington with the latest. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Robin. Well, after a weekend of celebrating this morning, it's time to get down to business. Never before has a president-elect faced so many urgent and complicated problems, from the pandemic to the economy to trying to unite the country. Joe Biden has a very long to-do list in front of him. You want to go to the White House now? Uh, Cecilia Vega is there, the president, making false claims about the election, still refusing to concede. Continuing, that is a big question, George. He doesn't have anything on his public schedule today. He spent most of the weekend, in fact, uh, golfing. But he is right now up and tweeting. He's tweeting about the stock market, this potential for good news on a COVID vaccine. You're right. The really big question this morning is, 
when and if he will actually concede this race. We know the reality certainly is setting in for many on his team behind the scenes. There are these conversations happening about whether uh, they could convince him to perhaps exit, exit gracefully. Today, I've named the COVID-19 Transitional Advisory Board, comprised of distinguished public health experts, helped our transition team translate the Biden-Harris COVID-19 plan into action, a blueprint that we can put in place as soon as Kamala and I are sworn in office on January 20th, 2021. Doesn't matter who you voted for, whether you stood, who, where you stood before election day. It doesn't matter your party, your point of view. We can save tens of thousands of lives if everyone would just wear a mask for the next few months. Not Democrat or Republican lives, American lives. So please, I implore you, wear a mask. Do it for yourself. Do it for your neighbor. A mask is not a political statement, but it is a good way to start pulling the country together. In the United States of America, all legal ballots must be counted. Nobody needs to. Nobody needs to hear from Moscow Mitch. There's nothing anybody needs to hear. Daily article from ABC News. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said that he will not resign after Republican Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue called on him to claiming that he has, quote, failed to deliver honest and transparent elections. Oh, because they they lost, I see. Quote, I know emotions are running high. Politics are involved in everything right now. If I was Senator Purdue, I'd be irritated. I was in a runoff, and both senators and I are all unhappy with the potential outcome for our president. Raffensperger, the state's top elections official, said in a statement, quote, but I am the duly elected Secretary of State. One of my duties involves helping to run elections for all Georgia voters. I have taken that oath, and I will not and I will execute that duty and follow Georgia law. Close quote. The secretary's statement came about an hour after Loeffler and Purdue released a joint statement calling on Raffensperger, a Republican, to step down. Quote, we believe when there are failures, they need to be called out, even when it's in your own party. While blaming certainly lies elsewhere as well, 
the buck ultimately stops with the Secretary of State, the mismanagement and lack of transparency from the Secretary of State is unacceptable, the Senator's statement read. Honest elections are paramount to the foundation of our democracy. The Secretary of State has failed to deliver honest and transparent elections. He has failed the people of Georgia and he should step down immediately. Yeah, they want to control that uh, January 5th, 2021. They have to have another runoff election for two more Senate seats from Georgia. Reverend Raphael Warnock is one. And the other is Ossoff. So, yeah, if you uh, register to vote in Georgia, please vote. This is so important. We're almost out of time. So I'll read as much as I can, but it doesn't look like we're going to have all of it completed on this uh, on this segment. So we'll just end this segment because there's not much time left and we'll start another one. Thank you for listening. Okay, we'll continue with the ABC News article from the last segment. So far, 69 of the state's 159 counties have certified their results. Friday is the deadline for counties to do this. Biden is now leading by about 11,000 votes, which is well within the margin needed for a candidate to request a recount in order for a candidate to request a recount the margin between two candidates must be less than 0.5% of all votes cast in the race which would be about 24,900 votes based on the votes currently reported. A recount cannot be formally requested until the election results are certified and there are no automatic recounts under Georgia's state law. The Trump campaign has used it. The C- Trump campaign has said it will request a recount. <coughs> Desin- designating Representative Doug Collins to lead the effort. <coughs> 
Collins, an ardent supporter of Trump, lost his bid to become one of Georgia's senators. failing to advance to the January 5th runoff election. Wow, these people in Georgia really took care of business. Both Loeffler and Purdue will be on the ballot that day, vying to hold on to their seats and fending off challenges from Democrats, the Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, respectively. Charles Bullock, a professor at the University of Georgia and an expert in Southern politics, said that the move from Loeffler and Purdue shows with whom their loyalty lies. Quote, well, certainly they decided to kiss Trump's ring, Bullock said. They've chosen to be loyal to Trump as opposed to, you know, their fellow partisan Raffing. Raffensperger, he's a Republican. It's not like this was a democratic operation, close quote. Raffensperger dismissed Loeffler and Purdue's claim of lack of transparency as, quote, laughable, end quote. We were literally putting releases of results up at a minimum hourly. I and my office have been holding daily or twice daily briefings for the press to walk them through all the numbers so that particular charge is laughable. He said, the secretary acknowledged that there are likely instances of illegal voting in Georgia, but said, even so, it's unlikely to change the outcome of the race. <laughs> Uh, quote, was there illegal voting? I am sure there was, and my office is investigating all of it. Does it rise to the numbers or margin necessary to change the outcome to where Trump is giving Georgia's electoral votes that is unlikely, his statement said. In a news conference earlier Monday, 
Gabrielle Sterling, the statewide voting systems implementation manager in Raffensperger's office, said, quote, every election is imperfect. In <laughs> uh, quote, and that, and that while all instances of alleged illegal voting will be taken seriously, it's a quote minor part of this thing. End quote. Sterling was confident that the ballots were quote counted properly and correctly. End quote which he said both the statewide risk-limiting audit will prove, as will a recount, if Trump requests one, requests one, but human error is a factor here. <laughs> Close quote, the electronic part of this thing the software, the scanners, all that stuff worked exactly well. The only point where we have some issues occasionally is where human beings have to interact with it, end quote, Sterling said. If the recount is ultimately requested and conducted. Sterling said that the result will show differences, but he was adamant that this is normal and not evidence something nefarious happened. During the press conference, Sterling also threw cold water on the notion that Georgia, quote, suddenly, end quote, flipped from red to blue. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Quote, anybody who has been here is aware of the fact that none of this was sudden. <laughs> end quote, he said, noting how close the 2018 gubernatorial race was and that Democrats have been winning in local races in the Atlanta suburbs. Quote, none of this is really overly surprising to the pundits who track what's going on in Georgia. And I don't think you can say it's a massive flip, end quote. And I'll just add that there was, over the last several decades, there have been so many people of color moving into those suburbs that are now sitting on acres and acres of, of land prime real estate and this is uh, old 
old game that the politicians in have been playing for hundreds of decades. This is their way of uh, acquiring the land and finding a way to get people, separate people from their property. That for the purpose specifically of controlling, it's a form of gerrymandering, it's a form of converting it to the voters that they want and that they're seeking. They, in other words, they don't want the democratic uh, voters in those high numbers or even in marginal numbers to flip the state like they just did. So whatever they have in order to install um, a president way, way back there in the 1860s, 1870s, Rutherford, Rutherford B. Hayes, Rutherford B. Hayes, in order to install him into the White House, um, they had that's they use that tactic of uh, forcing the people off of their land. Forcing, excuse me, forcing their people off the land in the southeast states, and then they were eventually able to get the voters in there, in the property, so that they could get who they wanted to control the White House. It sounds really extreme and bizarre, but it's happening all the time. It's, and it's not going to stop. <laughs> it's not going to stop, but most of the people that are voting Republican, it, that's something they don't even know about. It's, they have a whole different, um, they have different reasons for being part of the Republican Party. They don't know this is going on. They don't know the history. And, you know, they vote for people that only show them one side, one side, and they don't know anything different. They don't know about all the hidden agendas and the theft of people's lands and then you know, these people are left without property, without transferable wealth for generational purposes. And then the um, people that do this in the Republican Party turn around and call these uh, people welfare recipients and deadbeats and all sorts of names. You know, after you've stole their property, you've murdered their their father, and then you call them, then you blame them for not having a father in the home. And then they have these uh, 
so-called evangelists that really aren't evangelists at all, that they prop up in there. And, you know, you can figure out who they are. They're the most wealthiest ones, television, televangelists, the most wealthy ones with the largest churches and you know, they're uh, cut buddies with some of these politicians. Not that they even know. They may or may not know what's going on, but, you know, this is... <laughs> there's a name for this. There's a, a bunch of... bunch of things that could be considered for investigation and could be investigated for a possibility of unlawful practices and you know but it's not what these people are, are talking about in this article well let's go back <laughs> I digress. Sterling said their initial assessment of the results shows a lot of split ticket voting, meaning people did not vote for Trump but did vote for Purdue, Laughlin, or Collins. Quote, all this stuff kind of tracks with the political environment we've seen, in quote, he's added, in his statement, Raffensperger also offered some advice to the senators, suggesting they work to do something at the federal level, <laughs> yes, regarding election administration and that they focus on winning their runoff elections. And how about a stimulus package for the starving and unemployed people and the dying people? Quote, federal law, not state law, is what makes it so difficult to keep clean voter rolls. Federal law not state law, is what allows people to register to vote before a runoff, even if they were not registered for the general election. The secretary said, Now that senators, now that Senators Purdue and Loeffler are concerned about elections. Hopefully they can fix these federal laws. <laughs> the secretary continued, quote, My job is to follow Georgia law and see to it that all legal votes and no illegal votes 
are counted properly and accurately as Secretary of State. That is my duty, and I will continue to do my duty. As a Republican, I am concerned about Republicans keeping the U.S. Senate. I recommend that Senators Laughlin and Purdue start focusing on that. Close quote. The state will conduct a risk limiting audit risk limiting audit for the general election but the specific race that will be audited has not yet been announced oh conducting the audit was planned prior to the election oh that's how they do it. Hmm. Oh, well, it's 3.43 a.m. Oh, oh, oh. And it's cold. <laughs> oh. Is it ever cold? Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Thank you for listening.